Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Shaparro, editor-at-large at The Block. We have a very exciting episode of the show for you today. We are here, still in Breakpoint, or still in Amsterdam for Breakpoint. We're going to take a little bit of a break from Solana. Well, maybe we'll get into it with Jupiter, but we've got Jupiter Zhang, partner of Liquid Funds and Research at HashKey Capital. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Of course, of course. It's obviously been top of mind for me. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it out to the uh, various conferences this past summer out uh, in Asia, Token 2040, uh, as well as uh, Korea Blockchain Week. But the energy has been palpable from what I've what I've heard. Just the ecosystem there. Less so now. We're we're getting a bit of a bit of energy uh, uh, entering the U.S. market, but obviously there's been tons of excitement in Asia, especially as uh, different jurisdictions sort of sort of set up uh, mm-hmm. regimes. Um, obviously, Hong Kong has been making what some have been describing as a comeback in many in many ways. Um, a lot of people you know, sometimes forget that that was almost the the epicenter of crypto. If we rewind the clock back to 2017 with BitMEX and obviously Bitfinex being based there, and how could we forget Alameda <laughs> as well? But anyway, with all of that said, let's let's first just start with some proper introduction here for people that may not understand the firm, uh, know what it's all about. And then we can sort of jump into some of these topics that I think are the perfect guests to dissect. Um, You know, obviously regulation is interesting, but just also the players and how they look different and the market structure. So uh, walk us through Hashkey for the uninitiated. Thank you, uh, Frank. So I'm Jupiter from Hashkey Capital. I'm leading liquid and research here. So Hashkey Capital is a... Uh, crypto dedicated VC fund we established in two, uh, 2018. We have uh, we used to have three funds. We have new two funds in the running. Uh, we have more than three uh, 300 projects uh, invested globally. Uh, so uh, we are quite uh, ambitious and excited to join the journey uh, with crypto. So uh, actually, Hashkey established headquarters in Hong Kong. Uh, five years ago, 2018, and we are quite uh, excited to see that Hong Kong in recent years has been developed a very mature regulatory uh, regime and framework uh, in the past few years. But also, uh, the exciting news in the last year's FinTech Week that Hong Kong government have been issued a new plan for the Web3 that we will be navigating the people in the industry to embrace the Web3 uh, uh, into different areas like exchanges, tradings, um, stablecoin, uh, crypto ETF, something, etc., etc. Uh, they have been almost one year. So this week is happens to be the, another FinTech week in Hong Kong. So after one year, we see, <laughs> we see quite a lot of progress uh, in this year. But still, I... I from our personal or in-house view, that is still in early stages for Hong Kong. 
um, as you know, it's uh, not easy to 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 build an industry uh, at early stages. So we need a long term to uh, pay attention. And also, I think Hong Kong is uh, um, very uh, has been. I think Hong Kong is a good place to build uh, Web three because you know currently, uh, I think majority of Web three activities are. Uh, uh, happening uh, uh, all around the about the financial financial activities. So uh, Hong Kong, we are more pension. Hong Kong used to be a, uh, a very innovative financial center in Asia, and now still be. But uh, I think still, when the economy has been changing, all the climate changing, Hong Kong is to find its way to in the new era. So Web three is definitely a good way to, you know, finding a new GDP growth driver maybe in the future. And also, I see some people have been seeing that Hong Kong will be the Web3 hub in the future in Asia. So, well, that is something we can debate, but I think it's at least some, uh, you know, it's uh, some targeting or ex- expectation in for the people in the industry to see maybe in uh, three years, five years also. So I'm... Uh, because I've been in Hong Kong for many, many years, so I'm quite excited to see that happens. What do you think was the biggest, um, what was the catalyst, right, that changed the narrative? What, obviously, the government um, and officials in the city have really leaned in on this, but what what sort of pushed, uh, pushed folks into that direction? What changed? You, you know, I, I think there will, will be some sectors, uh, maybe some from micro level, some from micro level. So from micro level, you know, uh, recently, you know, the Hong Kong's uh, GDP has been slowing with recent years due, due to different factors. And definitely, I, I think the, the government is finding the new driver for the next few years. So we have already have... Uh, uh, some technology and in incubation in Hong Kong, uh, in Web two, uh, from Web two side, but we have virtual bank, uh, we have uh, you know other kind of you know directions, but definitely that Web three is a is a is a is a new things, and in the in the past few years, Hong Kong's regulation has been starting the Web three uh, for a long time. I, I mean the you know the recent. Uh, regulatory regime is actually uh, based on the uh, on the announcement in 2018 by the Hong Kong SOC. So by that time, they have been focusing and uh, analyzing the you know the potential um, the, the the potential developments and bad, good or bad for the industry for the for the city, and also they think about the risk to you know to bring to the city. So they would like to adopting a more uh, matured way for the city because Hong Kong used to be, uh, you know, top three uh, stock exchanges globally. So their focus may changing from the stock exchanges maybe into the Web3 asset exchanges. So it's mean utilizing Hong Kong's original forces or investor basis to, you know, maybe boost a new industry uh, in the future. And also, you know, Hong Kong is always facing uh, the competition from, from Singapore. So in last year, we see you know quite a flows and uh, from people from money perspective, people come to Singapore. You see the token uh, uh, 
uh, Token 2049 in Singapore, all the good events bring real GDP to uh, to Singapore. So maybe, you know, in the past, Hong Kong and Singapore's competition happens in the traditional finance realm, derivatives, stock market, and now I think Web3 with Hong Kong and Singapore uh, have different, maybe have a different developer position in Web3, but I think they will be, uh, in some way, they are competing for each other. So, and also two of the, uh, um, I would say the governments, they are thinking the innovation center is also a good role for them. So they need to compete for, for that also. So that's why uh, Hong Kong uh, at last year, um, you know, navigating from uh, from a more prudent way to a more embracing the industry way, and uh, we see and we see real changes. You know, uh, actually, regulators, uh, government officials are talking with you know industry leaders, industry participants, uh, participants, you know, in daily life and in an ordinary way. And also, they are helping the Web three companies, you know, in a, you know, to de- to deal with some daily issues like opening a bank account, something like that. So that's the reason I think why. Uh, so I, to summarize, Hong Kong facing competition, and Hong Kong uh, need finding a new growth driver. And Hong Kong's, uh, I think Hong Kong's legal and the regulation structure is m- much easier to adopting. Map uh, three. So I think these three factors may boost Hong Kong to you know transforming its you know take to Web three from old way to a new way. Yeah. So walk us through maybe like who are the key players in Hong Kong in the trading side, exchange side, asset management side, and maybe project side as well. I know that's a lot to get into. Maybe just a high level. I think um, from trading side, definitely uh, our company, I mean, Hashkey Group and OSL, are the two companies have been leading uh, the industry. Uh, I think OSL have been taking a much earlier way. They got a license from SSC in 2020 during the COVID, but that license only for the professional investors. So we Hashi Group got a license from Hong Kong SSC uh, uh, last year, uh, 2022, but we got a license for retail users earlier than than OSL. So uh, I think our two companies are made leading the trading uh, platform, but also we see there are um, more than 10 companies are uh, also in the line to applying for the trading platform license now. And some of them have been got the AIP uh, approved in principle from SSC. So I think these um, these companies are, you know, you know uh, they will be the dominant player in the trading platform in the future. But you have mentioned that in 2017, we have so many exchanges in Hong Kong. So, uh, even though their headquarters move out of Hong Kong, but they still got some legacies here. So we have some uh, trading teams, some uh, hedge fund houses here, and also some crypto talents. So they've been, uh, after they left, the, this exchange has been spread into uh, different uh, projects or uh, uh, companies. And also for the asset management or, or VC side, uh, uh, from license perspective, 
uh, our Hushka Capital, with, with, with among other uh, 10 companies, had got the license from SSC to manage the uh, crypto uh, fund. But uh, besides us, we also have some other uh, offshore hedge fund whose uh, investment are still in Hong Kong. Because, you know, in Hong Kong, if you just manage a BTC portfolio, you actually don't need a um, license. So that has been very clear from SSC's uh, attitude. So some of doing offshore um, activities, uh, they we cho- still choose Hong Kong because Hong Kong, you know, actually they have a lot of um, uh, investors and the money. So they can, you know, back up this uh, or support these uh, funds or uh, trading, uh, trading, uh, trading shops. And from pro- uh, pro- project side, um, you know, definitely Animoca is leading uh, not only Hong Kong, but also you know, globally as the uh, uh, you know, gaming gaming giant. And also, as we, Hashkey, we also invest in sub- several uh, Hong Kong projects like Hex Trust, who is uh, um, he's leading, you know, custody services. And also, we invest in Kobo, who have also Hong Kong uh, uh, subsidies. And also, we have, uh, last year, we also invest into RIP, a uh, crypto credit card companies who service, you know, a lot of Web3 companies to manage their, uh, you know, financials to, you know, crypto to crypto to fair fair to crypto. So I think um, uh, these are the leading companies in Hong Kong. But as I said, it's early, still early for Hong Kong. As we see this year, a lot of Web3 uh, founders or startups come to Hong Kong to see the opportunities. Because this year, actually, uh, some incubators in Hong Kong, like Cyberport, Invest HK, and uh, Science and Technology Park, they have a lot of new scheme for the new startup coming from outside Hong Kong to Hong Kong. If you are new to here, they will give a lot of you know grants, some support, uh, some office set. You can set up your own you know sets in Hong Kong. So I will see many projects that may- maybe they are not actually. Uh, defines as a Hong Kong project, but they will have Hong Kong offices in the in the future, you know, to involve the industry because in Hong Kong, there will be, your projects will be very close to the trading venues for this, uh, as I said, this, uh, this uh, you know, a licensed trading uh, platform. So we will see them in the future and also some traditional uh, financial institutions. Like we said, uh, the Hong Kong, uh, the in the January of 2000. 23, Hong Kong has been licensed uh, three uh, crypto ETF to to two to two you know uh, traditional uh, fund house uh, uh, CSOP and Samsung. They issued the crypt, uh, BTC and the ETH uh, ETF, and also maybe in the next year Hong Kong will also be allowed to issue spot BTC or ETH uh, ETF. So uh, I think uh, some of the traditional f- finance institution will join also joining this game um yeah so this is my take on the players and the land maybe the landscape in hong kong yeah is it easy for projects to raise in hong kong um, among venture capitalists is there appetite among uh traditional allocators of capital in hong kong or is it mostly crypto native vcs so uh, it, how easy is it relative to previous cycles to raise there, and who is facilitating those 
those raises. I think in Hong Kong, uh, the there are different investor uh, types or money allocator types here. Actually, uh, as our Hashkey Capital VC fund, we got a lot of, uh, we got several Hong Kong um, investor as our LPs. You know, Hong Kong also they don't they are not only just Hong Kong investors. They also have some um, mainland investors. There they got a family office headquarter in Hong Kong, so they are manage uh, monies uh, outside China overseas. So they have a lot of flexibility into invest into uh, Web three or crypto VCs. So and also we see some you know the family office is quite uh, they're, they're quite like fan of Web three. Especially in 2021, when I go to when I go for a, uh, uh, some events, we can see always some little. Uh, we can always see some trade five people from you know equity house broker in some invest bank, family offices into you know joining us you know drink and talking about Web three. So I think and also some of the uh, uh, traditional uh, VCs they can also split a little part of their Money in, you know, invest into HK, invest into uh, Web three, because um, uh, they, they the legal structure allow them to do to do so, and uh, so I see in the especially in the last cycle, lot of Web two, not only the the people from Tencent or Ali joined joined Web three, but also the Web two VCs also they joined VC very actively, so I in so in Hong Kong, uh, uh, we have. Uh, um, different type of uh, uh, different type of investors, and they are quite interested into uh, Web three, and also uh, the their knowledge into this space is, is uh, I, I would say I would say very deep, and uh, we are we are still keep you know dialogue regarding the, what's going on in the industry and uh, what's happening here. So I think uh, they they have. Quite interest here, and especially I would say family office is uh, the major forces, you know, to drive the you know the money into the these spaces. Yeah. So, what are the key segments or categories uh, about which investors are excited? Is it is it is it is it from your vantage point the same as other other regions, uh, or are there are there more keen focus on um, layer two scaling, real world assets, decentralized finance, consumer. Um, what is top of mind, or or sort of what is the zeitgeist use case, the the one at the forefront within the uh, maybe not just Hong Kong specifically, but but Asia more broadly. Uh, well, I, 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 maybe I will uh, say Hong Kong first. <laughs> so I think there are two types of sectors or segments that Hong Kong people like most. One is the sectors related to the tradings and uh, or invest or investment, because these are you know quite similar to the trade fine activities. We got license, we got people here, we got talents here. So we see most of people in Hong Kong, they are devoting their, into their career paths into, you know, trading related uh, activities. And also, uh, especially not that, I think not a DeFi, it's more like a CFI type. And another segment is actually it's NFT. 
I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure why they love love AMT so much. But if I go to Hong Kong for a while, they will see a lot of AMT. You know, some uh, burger shop. You know, featured in in um B B A Y C, and some Dao. You know, in Hong Kong, also the、uh, the club of collectors of B A Y C, and maybe also you may heard of Adrian Cheng of um. Uh, who is leading the new world develop development? The、uh, big fan of NFT, so that's maybe that is some reasons why Hong Kong people love so NFT. And also we have Animoca here, Sandbox here, and they also advocating for the NFT. So I think a lot of people in Hong Kong, if they devoted into NFT space,、uh, NFT spaces, they'll be you know kind of designing new things and maybe you know. You know, collaborating with some gaming companies. So this is what I what I、uh, observe in in Hong Kong.、Yeah. So is it so NFTs are still hot in Hong Kong? Is it is it PFP flipping or is it gaming? What's sort of driving that? I think、uh, I think mostly it's PFP flipping. Yeah.、Um, Hong Kong, they are the fan of、um, you know BFC of、uh, Doodles or other other Moonboard、uh, Moonbirds, other famous、uh, NFTs, and also for for gamings,、um, I think Sandbox in Hong Kong is actually famous. A lot of you know Hong Kong tycoons been you know integrating with their advertisement activities with Sandbox. Actually, like some banks are buying some、uh, you know lands in Sandbox. And also the MTR,、uh, you know, the people,、uh, the the company running the,、uh, the the railway has also buying some、uh, lands in in Sandbox. So、uh, I think the people here they、uh, they are not trying to finding something new outside, but they try to utilizing the、uh, local advantages. You know, find the right local partners. You know, to to brand their、uh, using as a brand method. Well, of course, gamify as Animal Car is sitting here, so we have a lot of、uh, game companies been, you know, try to collaborate with、uh, Animal Car, and also they incubating some projects in Cyberport. Yeah. Okay, so that that's NFTs.、Um, let's let's keep going down the docket. What are some of the other areas in which new projects are building?、Um, I think for other for other projects,、uh, if you go to Singapore, you will find. More as、um, more and more, you know, Asia-based projects, their headquarters or their founders move to Singapore. So there will be、uh, a basket of a variety of verticals like gamify, defi, infra, and、uh, also other maybe like data or layer one, layer twos. So I think maybe you know as a Asia. People or Asian market, we are more, uh, be good at you know application layer, you know, than the、uh, infra layers. I think in blockchain, infra is more, uh, narrative driven, but、uh, for application layer, it's more like a data driven or product driven. So it's more like what we good at.、It. So I think we put a lot of lot of focuses on the applications, uh. So, what are some good examples of that? Example of、uh, applications. Yeah, good examples of 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 areas where、uh, it's evident, you know, the 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 sort of 
solid work being done at the application level layer is evident. Oh, okay. Um, so example maybe comes from the uh, uh, Web two people from Tencent or Ali. We see more than I think from our company we at least see more than thirty projects whose you know founders are coming from Tencent and their products is focused on the on the gaming in different types like MMORPG. Or some just you know social uh, gamings, or some uh, you know uh, strategy gamings, or there is just a build up a game game studios. So I think you know. And these are new entrepreneurs. This is like a new wave of projects. It's a new wave. Yeah, it's a new wave. Yeah, because in two in two thousand twenty one, you know, a lot of Web two talents from Tencent or other gaming companies in China. They move from China outside to maybe to Singapore or other places, and they focus is on you know build up gamify or gaming focused uh, projects. Yeah, so uh, we also invested several invested several of them. Yeah, what's your thesis around gaming? What you know what what needs to be there? Um, in a project for you guys to feel comfortable backing it, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's yeah, you're it's it's a very challenging, difficult task. You not you can't just have a good game. You also have to leverage blockchain or crypto in an interesting way that's unique, novel, and not just slapping it on like lipstick on a pig. But again, it has to be it has to be a good game at the same time, which is almost maybe even harder. Yes, yes, because I, I think the that that wave is not just in happens in once because uh, originally people see Axie Affinity or other GameFi uh, projects. So uh, from the angle of tr traditional companies view, this game is too simple or not, you know, good for, uh, don't have a very good user experience. So their thing is I will bring uh, 3A gaming level standard into this industry and build up a very high level in the GameFi uh, 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 projects or product, so this is what they're thinking. But actually, you know, um, with the competition or or with other forces like you know bear market factor uh, influence, uh, it's quite hard for them to build up a very you know uh, mm -hmm. successful gaming. But still, they are they are they're. I think their advantage is yeah that gaming uh, operation and also building some uh, operating. Uh, matrix. So I think they are still preparing for that. And also we see recently their gaming is uh, not a just very heavy focus. You don't, you don't have to pay a lot of time on it every day, but they will give a lot of leisure, give you a lot of you know easy time, just like traditional, just like traditional uh, games. So I think uh, they will be, uh, they are still waiting for the right time to, you know, to, you know, mature, uh, to, Stimuli their eco uh, token economies, stimulate their products, and you know, and also, and also as a VC, we think in the next wave, uh, we have a lot of infrastructures. We have two, we have many layer ones, layer twos, uh, middle layers, data layers. But actually, we need the uh, killer apps. I think killer apps may the easiest way for the killer apps is is from the gaming side. Just it maybe the gaming enough is not quite similar to the tradition, traditional web two gaming. We find a new way, but we're still thinking 
uh, to finding some. Um, Maybe the studio is a new way, you know. It's a, it's not not a single games, but it's a kind of portfolios, just like Animoca. So that's the other strategy and play. Yeah. Let's maybe let's maybe pivot. We we've 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 covered a lot of ground so far, uh, from Hong Kong <laughs> to venture yeah. to gaming. Yeah. Um, you're obviously uh, tasked with the liquid side of the portfolio. What what narratives are driving the market right now? Uh, here where I'm sitting. Well, I'm not in America right now, but pretend I'm <laughs> pretend I'm in America. The narrative, right, is the three-letter word ETF. T- when F. ETF, mm-hmm. yep. And so, <laughs> this is what uh, you know. Many could say it, it's so strange, right? Because you can never quite pinpoint what what moves moves the market in any direction. Obviously, there's a lot of fun stuff happening in options, but the ETF seems to be at least a component. Uh, we'll, we'll let I'll let people smarter than me determine the extent to which it's a component or not. But what what other narratives do you see? Are there any specific ones to um, the crypto market in Asia? Um, and then maybe walk us through the performance and strategies of Hashkey Capital. Are you reconfiguring your positioning? Have you? Given these new narratives that are take, taking shape, are you doing anything differently? Um, mm-hmm. Let's maybe walk through that. <laughs> narratives and then I, portfolio I, positioning. I, I think narratives. Um, there's no not too much narrative from too much new narrative from Asia market. So I think globally, everybody looking the same thing. The ETF. So and also you see the. BTC is dominating the market. Its dominant ratio has been rising. I need ETH to go up. I need ETH to go up. I can't yes, take it anymore. Yes, yeah, but still, but still low. You know, the ETH to BTC ratio is keeping the lowest level since it's merged, right? It's only 0.05. It's a very low. So that's why the altcoins and the DeFi and the GameFi and the Ethereum ecosystem is still you know, uh, suffering. So, <laughs> so, but actually, we see some altcoins recently have been performing very well, like Solana, or Link, or Rune, or you know, you, you name it. We 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 look at the coin market cap. We see the recent performance. We see, uh, except the BTC, it's not, it's not a totally dead market. Some Altcoins have been, you know, moving. I think Link maybe, uh, you know, a good story. It's been issuing CCIP recently, and people are focusing. Will be generating more revenue in the future, so it's more like an infra play. And for Rune, it's you know changing its economic economic models, and uh, yeah, something like that. And also Solana, obviously, with the support of. Um, Visa and also and also another uh, institutional uh, investors. So I think BTC is definitely the dominant narrative. Uh, as long as still in the process of waiting for the uh, for waiting for the uh, approval of ETF, nothing will be changed. Also, not to mention that tomorrow uh, in two thousand twenty four we have the BTC uh, halving. 
So everybody is seeing BTC a um, dom dominant player in the crypto market at least in in the one year. But after that, we may see new stories. I see I see the recent figures that VC invested into crypto has been a three years low comparing to the twenty twenty uh, the first quarter. So actually, they're saying that the premium market or the VC market in crypto is very, um, is uh, I would say, not very quite active. So I think VC is still waiting for the another opportunity. As for us, our VCs have been invested into infra in the past two years because I think application is dead in the in the bear market. So we we put a lot of money on the. Uh, Infra levels, but now we have been changing because we think as all the sentiment have been little improved, and people are focusing on the application layer. So we we kind of look at more on the application uh, levels. So that is our take. How would you describe sentiment right now? I would say sentiment has been bottom out. Yeah, it's uh, not at the, the very bottom, but you know better. Yeah. <clears throat> So if you if you want to describe the uh, sentiment, you better not look at the PTC or ETH only. You look at the uh, altcoins. You look at the uh, uh, market cap uh, ex excluded PTC and ETH. You will find the the market cap actually is raising. So I think the sentiment is back a little bit, but very in a very cautious way. You know, people still you know <laughs> waiting for the ETF, but actually. Some you know high quality projects they have their own um, stages. Yeah, sentiment is back, but it's cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well said. Mm. And uh, yeah, and also you ask about the our fund. So our fund is a uh, long only fund. So we we can only invest into top fifty uh, tokens. So actually, we are finding the. Uh, our senses is that like this. Uh, we want to, you know, capture the potential of the crypto market from the biggest market cap. I think the top fifty will be accounting for at least twenty percent, ninety percent of the total market cap. So I think if the bull market actually comes, our fund will be capture the potential rise uh, in in the future. So we'll be leveraging our VC insights and also our um, global network to meet us to make the decisions into uh, allocating money into allocating money into different coins and tokens and to different sectors. So recently, we think maybe with the Duncan upgrade of Ethereum, we see maybe the layer tools or LSD sectors may performing in the fourth quarter, or other coins or tokens related to BTC will also be outperforming. So that's our sense recently. Yeah, our our allocation or portfolio position is also prudent. You know, we, we, we look at sentiment, uh, sentiment every day. So we have been, you know, prudently allocating money into this sector I've been mentioned. Yeah. Okay, so I guess to sort of close things out, I'm curious about, I want to get your crystal ball in front of you. What predictions on the future of crypto and blockchain are you expecting to see? in Hong Kong and Asia? And what narratives will you think take center stage just broadly? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, 
I I think in the future I will see um three lines we need to focus. The first definitely is from asset perspective. Now the uh, total market cap is around one point three trillion. So with the BTC uh, ETF and also BTC halving, maybe you see the market cap will be you know maybe surpassed a uh, uh, historical high in two thousand twenty one. So we'll be providing a lot of trading assets for the you know for the global market also for the Hong Kong as we we will see more Hong Kong. Licensed company will come, will comes out and they providing values for the user to trading that. That is first. I think that the first uh, uh, line and the second is the how is the traditional financial institutions to engage with the crypto world. You know, Visa, PayPal, and other you know big banks set good examples. They using as a settlement money. Or they establish their own stablecoin, or even they buy BTC by themselves using their balance sheet. But in the future, if this traditional investor or traditional financial institution can adopting BTC as a kind of a you know uh, asset allocation choices for their investors or for their clients, I'll be opening a door for the more money you know you know flow into these uh, spaces. So I think. In the U.S., we have ET, we have the ETF. In Europe, we have some ETP products. In Hong Kong, maybe uh, next year, we have also have our spot ETF. So we'll be bringing and attracting a lot of money uh, inflows. So it's the second and third. It definitely is definitely it's the uh, innovation side that how ETH and its ecosystem can perform. That's need a lot of talents, need a lot of brains, idea to you know collaborate. Collaborate uh, together to you know make a new things just like what we've seen in the past few years in two thousand in twenty twenty two DeFi in twenty 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 five the NFT metaverse something like that we need a big narrative as long as it's big enough at least compared to the DeFi or NFT so that can drive the uh, global uh, Web three industry maybe into a new high. Uh, and also may <clears throat> incentivize the people to using DeFi in, in in some way. So that is my take on how to see the global uh, sectors. So for Hong Kong, we may more like uh, Hong Kong maybe a Web three investment or trading hubs, but maybe they also have a potentials to involve more uh, projects to be you know grow here, incubated here. Or even you know get uh, growing into a big projects here. Yeah, <clears throat> fantastic. Yeah. We'll we'll see some more unicorns come to fruition. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. We shall see. Thanks again for coming on the program. Appreciate your insights, your thoughts. Yeah. Thank and you for your to time. See you again soon. Yeah. Keep in touch. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll get each other on the telegrams. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks. And The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day. Mm-hmm.